cheaper than our producer's underage sister. Edgier than the stuff shown on late night television. Newer than Kim Kardashian's ex, live from Orlando, it's Crazy Train Radio. Hello guys and gals, this is the infamous Katarina Lee Waters and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Bouncer, 
the dog girl, gal, at the Devil's Poor Tavern, which is the local, as you can hear, you know, as you can tell, the tavern, the, the, the German inventor's wife. So I'm also playing, you know, the German. And she's crazy, so she's a little bit off, too, which is good. So it's nice to play off characters. Time out. Uh, I think we lost you uh, with a bad cell signal, so let's go with that question again. Uh, sorry for the interruption, folks, but uh, Katrina, back, now that we got you back on the line again, what's mm -hmm. the roles you are playing? Okay, so I'm playing, uh, once I'm playing the door girl, the bouncer at the Devil's Poor Tavern, which as you can tell from the name is the locale, the pub, where, you know, the watering hole, as it were, uh, for the series. And then I'm also playing the German inventor's wife, and she's crazy, luckily, because it's always cool to play a little, you know, offbeat sort of crazy character. So I get to stretch my um, acting muscles a little, as it were, playing two separate characters, and it should be a lot of fun. Well, how, who contacted you for this uh, particular uh, part? Well, I saw it as a question, so I I, uh, I submitted myself actually to audition, and I went for an audition, and I got the part. So, yeah, that's how it was because I because I heard about it and I thought it sounded so cool and just the whole steampunk thing is just I don't know if uh, the listeners are familiar with it, but if you just type into Google steampunk, it's like a specific, you know, like a. It's almost like a counterculture sort of underground movement. There's a lot of steampunk actually out there. And it's just a really cool concept. And um, if you look it up on Google, you find thousands of images of different types of it. And I just thought it would be super cool to be involved in something like that. And so, you know, I was lucky enough to be cast. Well, obviously, as you said at the beginning here, when we asked, where in the world are you now? Uh, mm -hmm. Since you've been in L.A., have you been uh, mm -hmm. studying acting more and more? Yes, I have. I mean, I've actually always really done acting, you know, since I was little. Um, and I did film and drama at university. That was before I even got into wrestling, that I was doing a bunch of acting. I did some plays in London when I lived in London. And so that was sort of my first career choice almost, as it were. And then, I, you know, I got into wrestling and that sort of took over um, but I'm almost back into acting now and I have been studying out here I've had some you know I've been in classes to keep myself fresh and to refresh and to get better obviously at what I do you know that's always the the end goal is to get as good as you can be so I've been doing that and also I've done quite a few different you know indie films and I did a web series called Television um, that I did two episodes for earlier this year, and then I'm going to be involved, fingers crossed, in another couple of episodes in a couple of months or so. So watch well, out for that. Obviously, obviously, you want to get to your uh, wrestling background in a little bit, or mm -hmm. in a few minutes here. However, yeah. I find it interesting that you mentioned about, and for those who don't know, uh, Katrina is German-born, but studied at university in London. And you mentioned about uh, doing some plays and different things while you're at university over in London there. What, uh, from what you've done acting-wise over here in the States and what you were doing over in London, mm -hmm. uh, what's the biggest difference between the two that you've, that you've noticed? Hmm. Well, first of all, um, 
I actually studied university not in London, but it was York, which is North England. Uh, it's not a big deal. But then I moved to London, and then I did some plays there, um, if I want to be a stickler for exactness. But <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's uh, that much of a difference. Obviously, there's much more stuff out here. You know, there's just much more being made. There's also a lot more people, I would think, you know, but there's a lot more opportunities here, I think, in general. I mean, L.A., you can't go to a Starbucks without everybody. I mean, literally, everybody on every table surrounding you to be talking about some kind of movie project. In London, it's not quite the same, you know. So um, I think mainly that, that really L.A. is sort of swept up in this. That's really what is almost the town it lives, you know, films, and, and that's pretty much it. Uh, other than that, I think, you know, it's like being on the indie scene, you know, in wrestling. It's sort of the same, the sort of, different circles of the indie scene of acting, you know, as a small circle where you meet the same people over and over again and then you sort of move up, you know, the perspective circles, hopefully, you know, until you get, you know, to the big box or whatever. But I don't know if it's that much different except that really that L.A. is just a lot more of it. Well, do you prefer doing the uh, plays, like you were saying, over in England, or do you like doing film work better? You know what? I love both. I, uh, I'm actually very lucky in as I will be doing some theater work um, here in L.A. Uh, I'm currently understudying for Danny in the Deep Blue Sea, which is uh, a play that's playing out here in L.A., so I'll be involved in that, I think, in two weeks, weekend's time. Uh, and then also I'm going to be doing Macbeth in October on stage. So I'm very lucky as to I got involved in doing some theatre here as well because I just, you know, film is awesome and there's certain things that you can only do with film and it's amazing and it's great and there's new scripts and all that. And then there's a certain thing about being on stage in front of people performing live. Where you that's get what to I was going to say. And, <laughs> yeah, and also not just performing live, but where you go to go, you experience the journey from start to finish every time. You know, whereas in, in the, you do a film, you do a short scene, and that might take a few hours. You know, you do several takes of the same two minutes. And you're just in that one scene and you do it again and again and then you might the next day you might do a part a scene from the film that plays way before the scene that you just did you know like the it's the um, the chronology is all you know different so you might jump from the beginning to the end and then back to the middle whereas in a play you get to stand on stage and you just get to live the whole thing you experience it you know every time so it's, it's a different and I would say that uh, stage work, as, a, as far as an actor is concerned, or actress in your case, uh, would yeah. be a lot like professional wrestling in, in terms of this, where during the show, no matter what avenue you're going down, you get mm -hmm. that live reaction from whether right. you're doing a play or you're working in front of a wrestling crowd. Would you yeah. uh, say that's true? Yes, that's true. And also, the other thing is, if something goes wrong, you have to keep going, you know? 
for example, um, if something happens that you are not that is unplanned, or if you you know you forget your lines, cut, and then you just do the scene again. You I know, think we just stage. lost you there again. <laughs> oh no! Can you, am I back? Uh, you were you were uh, you're back. Uh, you were saying about you know if something goes wrong there. Yeah, like for example, if you're you know you're on stage and you are doing a play. Um, Ideally, it doesn't happen just but every now and then, and uh, once in a blue moon or whatever. You might forgot, forget one of your lines, you know, and as I have done that, I forgot a line once for about five seconds, and it was the longest five seconds in the world. I stood there, my, my head was a complete blank, and I didn't know what to do or say, and then it, luckily for me, it came back, because sometimes, obviously, it doesn't. But um, when something goes wrong, you have to keep going. You can't stop. You can't look at the other actor and go, um, you can't look at the audience and say, oh, I forgot, you know, can we start that again? You have to keep going and you have to cover it up and you have to know the performance and your craft well enough that you can, you know, save it, basically. And if you need to jump a few lines backwards or forwards to get it back under control, then you have to be able to do that, you know, so that's the... That's the other part of it, which is, you know, a lot of people find frightening, but at the same time it's sort of exhilarating because that's part of the rush, you know. Well, as far as uh, uh, your stage work, have you ever had an issue like that where you forgot and did something but, but had to uh, regroup and get back on track there? Almost. I've never had, um, I think, I don't think I've ever had one where something really went wrong where I lost myself and had to completely change something. Uh, obviously in wrestling that's happened. Like a minute. Okay, well, let's jump in your wrestling <laughs> um, but, right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously you you were best known in TNA as Winter and in the WWE mm -hmm. as Katie Lee. Uh, yeah. Out of the two, was there any particular uh, character you liked more? Mm, well, I think I liked Katie, uh, sorry, Winter, more just because, well, I sort of felt uh, when I was there, because I had this long-running storyline throughout the whole time that I was there, pretty much, where it went from week to week to week. Every week I was doing something that progressed the same storyline, and it was character-based, and it was, you know, we had backstage stuff, and you know, front stage stuff, etc., and it was just like a whole long development in a story arc, you know, so that was exciting for me, plus, you know, looking back, I like my look better in TNA, but, I mean, that's just, you know, that's me being a girl, I'm being vain, but um, I did really, <laughs> I did really enjoy, you know, in WWE, I did a lot of really cool things, and I had a lot of different, you know, spots where I had cool things to do with my character and that I enjoy and that I'm grateful for. Um, it was just a lot more choppy, you know. In WWE, it was like, okay, we start a new storyline, and then two weeks later, it'd be something completely different, and then they would scratch that and, you know, do a, a new few Lack of That would last a few weeks. Yeah, just a little bit, you know. Um, uh, whereas that is something that happens in wrestling a lot, but it just... in in TNA, I just I had that long running storyline that I just really enjoyed that part of it. Well, in WWE, one of the first things you ended up doing was with an old uh, acquaintance of yours, Paul Burchill. Mm -hmm. 
they were flirt as far as story goes. They were kind of flirting around the storyline and gimmick of possible incest. Yeah. Did that kind of creep you out at all with what they were hinting at there? No, I thought that was cool. I was I was disappointed that it wasn't a go in the end. Okay. You know, because yeah, I know I sometimes. That. You bite the bullet and you, okay, but, you know, sometimes I know, depending on each their own as far as their personal preference and where they're willing to go. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not really uh, easily offended, you know, as such. And also, I find it, it a fascinating subject, and then it's been done enough in mainstream sort of entertainment. I mean, especially maybe not so much here, but in, in England. It was done on several soap operas. They had, like, you know, story, incest storylines with brother and sister, with even they had an incest storyline on one of the really popular TV shows with a, a mother and a son. I guess they didn't know that they were mother and son or something. You know, I mean, that's kind of creepy if you think about it. Um, but it was done a lot because people, people are fascinated by it, and I didn't think that it was a problem, you know, portraying that. Especially, you know, since we're not, obviously. Um, and then the other thing was they were also, they weren't entirely sure. They were really going to go with either it was going to turn out that we were just stepbrother and stepsister, you know, so it wouldn't have been blood-related, or they wanted to do it that perhaps um, it was just hinted at, but it wasn't really consummated or something like that, you know. And then it also yeah, made me think of, sense. you know, the, yeah, and then it made me think of The Crow, you know, the movie The Crow, yeah. where they have that same flirtation with um, Top Dollar, the Michael Winkert's character, the main bad guy, and that, and the the lady, Micah, I think her name is. Um, Something like that, yeah. Now that you mention that storyline in the movie. Yeah. yeah, because they keep talking about their father, so they have the same father, but then uh, she's always naked, and they're implying, you know, that they do weird things with those people that they you know, that woman, that the dead woman in their bed and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know. Which even in back that in lane, 1993 when they did that movie here, it's, yeah. it was even further back and out of people's minds as far as the public image, like you're saying. Right. So in that vein, I thought it could have been ended up being a really cool storyline. So, But unfortunately, not to be. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, you uh, started your training wrestling, I believe in England as well? Yes. Well, again, I and I know I mentioned this with the acting as well, but uh, mm -hmm. was there a big difference in the English style that you noticed compared to coming and working for OVW? And then on to the other well, two companies. Well, I think that for me specifically, I went to uh, a company that was a little more new school. You know, as they call it, I'm sure you're familiar with that term. Yes. Um, as any wrestling fan would be, but perhaps if there's more casual listeners, they won't know exactly what it. But it was more the old traditional style. Um, you know, it's very specific and it's very technical based and all that. Uh, and the school that I went to was more, shall we say, influenced. I think by the American style already. You know, so it was more. I guess what you would learn here at, a, at an independent wrestling school. OBW was again a different kettle of fish, as they say. Um, since at OBW we learnt more 
someone else know about specifically building matches and and putting them together in a specific way. And telling a specific community. story with that match. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Whereas before, when I went to wrestling school, it was more about learning moves. And then there was, they would teach a certain thing about putting matches together. But in OVW, it was really mainly about, you know, the story and the characters and showing how to, you know, build a match you know, and to get the audience behind it and to get them involved as best Yeah, possible. you're going to make them get involved. Okay, you're going to sit there and work the back or work the knee and, you know, yeah. tell a story from that specific uh, instance. Yeah. Now, now, when you ended up back in WWE, was it, or mm -hmm. up to WWE, I should say, did it help because of your uh, English training as far as wrestling to have somebody working with the women's division like a Fit Finley? who did a majority of his work over in England and Ireland and overseas? Um, I don't think that that really made necessarily a difference, you know, having the the English training, as it were. Having Fit Finley, that was amazing because he's just, I mean, he's just, regardless of whether you're a woman or a guy, he's, you can always learn something from somebody like that. Yeah, but... What I was getting at, because he, he understood the style that you came up in and learned from and had a lot of Yeah, respect. but again, he would have, I mean, he would have come more from the quote-unquote old-school era. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. I was learning more of, you know, from people who were copying, not copying, but sort of more influenced by the American style, I would say, rather than the old-school. Because there was still... You know, a lot of English wrestlers out there who, who do that world of sport, that more of the, that style from the traditional English style, should we say. You know, and people like Doug Williams, for example, um, he can transition very well between the two styles, you know. And then, uh, you know, Paige at NXT, okay. her mother, Soraya Knight, um, she's a wrestler in England, and she can do a lot of that. You know, she mixed it, mixed it up with the new school style, but she also, she can do, do a lot of those, you know, traditional English sequences and, and stuff like that. She's like a wealth of knowledge. Um, and her daughter Paige, she's at NXT right now. But I didn't necessarily learn that style so much when I was there. Okay. Well, obviously, uh, we had seen that you were going to be doing some seminars and different things. So your hand is still in wrestling a little bit. Uh, do you plan on keeping your hand in the business or are you trying to fully transition out of it? Well, I would say, you know, it, it, I just see how it goes, you know. Um, obviously, wrestling is a passion and it's always, you know, I didn't get into it on a fluke. Well, I got into it on a fluke, but it was something that I really, really wanted to do. I was really passionate about and that I've always enjoyed a lot, you know. I'm not necessarily, and now, like, I still enjoy every show I go to. You know, I'm not necessarily um, looking to build my career further in wrestling, but I would like to remain and do the shows and have fun doing it. And I really, actually, I enjoy passing on some of the knowledge that I was lucky enough to gain, you know, especially from people like 
you know, Al Snow or Alex Shane or Mark Stone in England, you know, people like that, you know, who trained me and have had a lot of knowledge that I was lucky enough to use in my career. And now I'm getting to be able to pass some of it on, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, when I do the training seminars, I want to not just teach moves. I also want to concentrate on helping people develop characters and, you know, how to put a match together, you know, story-wise rather than, again, rather than just... Well, obviously, got one more wrestling question. I was reading about after we said that you had uh, said, yeah, I'll come on, uh, was back when you were a young lad, not that you're not young now, but Uh very young lad, uh, Mm -hmm. you had read somewhere in an article about the Ultimate Warrior's mysterious Mm -hmm. origins, and you believed it to be true. What can you tell us about that? Well, I mean, you know, what can you say? That was really what, I guess, hooked me to begin with, because I read about that, and I thought, oh, my God, this is so fascinating, this larger-than-life, you know, and just the pictures, it was Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, and I just looked at them, and I was like, they looked like real-life, uh, like cartoon characters, almost, <laughs> you know, so big, like I've never seen people like that in real life, so I was just so fascinated by the whole thing, and then coupled with nobody knows where he comes from or how he, he suddenly disappeared, and I just thought it was so cool. Well, obviously, have you seen, because obviously Warrior now has, you know, has the fan, has his fans, and doesn't have his fans. We'll put it that way. Have you seen the recent years of said warrior? Sorry, he has his fans and he doesn't have his fans? He has has his supporters, but then some think he's a little too political or different, you know, his opinions on things because of the infamous YouTube videos and all the fun stuff. Have you seen any of this stuff currently? I don't think I have, but now we'll go check them out, I think. Oh, you! I'll, I'll make sure I send some over to you. You know, yes, please, whether you agree good. or not, I think you'll be entertained at least. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, but obviously, again, we've had uh, Katrina Waters on the line here uh, for, to promote and make sure during through this interview we will have a link posted. It's it runs out August thirtieth uh, for Tinker. They need to raise a total of twenty grand. There's different incentives, folks. Go to their Kickstarter. Help them produce these 14 first-season webisodes. Katrina, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.